listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. Win championships, you've got to have a championship organization. Rexa, what a pass to Anders. McCain follows. Toyin Branch fires, he converts. Rhymes again. Tough shot. Pull up three in transition for Angela Harris. Jerome says not tonight, not in Houston. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pod Slam Jamma presented by Clerk City Control Room, your home for all things Houston Hoops. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Andy Yanez, and you can find me on Twitter at Ayanez underscore five. And I'm your second host, Justin Barbosa, and you can follow me on Twitter at jbarbosa underscore 95. Be sure to follow the official Clutch City Control Room account at Clutch City CR, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. And Justin, welcome back. We have had a uh, a pretty decent layoff, um, and a lot has happened in that layoff. Uh, first of all, we we'd, uh, we've been busy with our um, individual tasks, and uh, <laughs> we're going to try to get better at this uh, podcast thing. But uh, Justin, let's just start. Let's start with men's basketball. Since since the last time it was Thanksgiving Day, uh, the men's and women's had just tipped off. Uh, both teams started off with a win. The women's basketball team beat Oklahoma, and and the men's beat Lamar. Since then, uh, the men's team has gone all the way up to number six in the AP poll. Uh, they've beaten Boise State, Texas Tech, and South Carolina. Meanwhile, the women's teams they they lost Alabama, but they were able to bounce back, and they they are sitting at three and one including what was probably their most uh, impressive win so far um, before they had to have their game, their conference opener against Cincinnati postponed. They, they, they were coming off a win against Stephen F. Austin. So both teams are off to good starts. And I guess we could start there with the postponements because that has been the story of the, um, really the story of the, since, the, since the month turned to December for, for the men's basketball team, for sure. Yeah, just when both teams were really – Getting started for the season, both got four games in. Really good start by both teams, and it all started when Kellen Sampson was confirmed to have COVID-19, and Kelvin Sampson also had to go in for contact tracing, so that kind of shut the program down and then kind of went into the whole team. So it's been a couple of weeks, but U of H's next game is going to be on Sunday against Alcorn State on, at 2 o'clock. It's just really been an interesting two weeks. It's Before that, U of H had really good wins against Boise State, Texas Tech, and South Carolina. And it's just, just been really crazy. You know, season just gets started and rolling, and, you know, boom, they're out for two weeks. Exactly, Justin, and, and you know, before we get into into the the wins and so the the actual basketball, I'd like to to mention what um, Kelvin Sampson said. Um, really, you you mentioned mentioned that Kelvin Sampson was the first that um, it was announced that, that he had tested positive. Kelvin Sampson told reporters 
uh, during a Zoom meeting after uh, the win against South Carolina. And that game was certainly an interesting one because, you know, obviously not having Kelvin Sampson on the sidelines um, due to contact tracing, just not, not seeing him there uh, was certainly a, a unusual. And then, you know, not even have uh, Kelvin Sampson, who's, you know, the head coach in waiting uh, for the Cougars. And, and they were able to pull off the win. Uh, and South Carolina had a, a, a good lead against Cougars. And not only that, but Marcus Sasser and Caleb Mills did not dress out for that game. They were both dealing with uh, ankle injuries uh, um, before uh, Marcus Sasser had actually suffered that uh, sprained ankle just uh, a couple of days before that game tipped off. And Marcus uh, and Caleb Mills has had to deal with ankle issues practically the whole season. So uh, the Cougars were struggling. They were kind of limping into that game. And then once that game got passed, you know, that following week, it was announced that they were just shutting down all basketball activities. And, and I wanted to read this quote from uh, Kelvin Sampson that he told to Fox 26, which is a uh, Fox affiliate in Houston. And I quote, COVID has hit our team pretty hard. I think we've got six guys clear to play to, to practice today. We expect to have some more back by the end of the week. We won't be anywhere near full strength when we play Sunday against Alcorn State, but we'll have enough to play. We've played one game since November 29th, which was, you know, South Carolina after after they had beaten Texas Tech. To continue with what Kelvin said, the guys that are dealing with it, they're getting better. We're going to plot through this and really pay attention to what our medical people have to say. We don't have enough to go five on five, but we'll do what we can. And Justin, as we're recording this um, on Sunday, not Sunday, as we're recording this on Wednesday night, the Cougars were actually cleared to play earlier in the week for for individual basketball activities. And it looks like they're going to be able to ramp up their practices towards the end of the week. And it's just, it's a quick turnaround after not having a game since December 5th, which was when they played South Carolina. And now turning around, they're going to have, we were looking at their schedule before we, we hopped up and record and the Cougars are going to have a pretty tough stretch where they're going to play four games in nine days coming off of a 15-day layoff against Alcorn State. Um, that's going to be this coming Sunday. And then they jump right into conference play against Temple that Tuesday at the rescheduled UCF game, which was actually scheduled for uh, the 15th, which would have been yesterday. And then before the year ends, they still have to travel to Tulsa and take on the Golden Hurricane on December 29th. So a tough stretch, and you know, just breaking it down, Justin. Uh, what are you? What are your first thoughts when with everything that's happened with the men's team? It's just been crazy, you know, with everything going on. And you no, know, at first it was, you know, they started off really clean and played four games into the season, and then once Kellen got the virus, you know, everything just shut down really quickly and ever since two weeks it's finally getting a basketball game on Sunday so we'll see what happens you know going into conference play and especially with these many there's a lot of games at the end of December and January where the Cougars are pretty much playing every three to four days and every once in a while you know five days in between yeah absolutely and you know, we touched on Kellen a little bit. Uh, Kelvin Sampson said that he had a couple of symptoms during that weekend, uh, the South Carolina weekend. They had tested the Thursday before leading up to that game, and he had experienced a couple of symptoms. But it, it sounded like he had, he had gotten better by that 
by game day whenever Kelvin Sampson talked to reporters and then uh, Kelvin had another availability, I believe it was the following Tuesday, which would be December 7th. Um, and same thing, he Kelvin's, you know, thankfully, fortunately for, for the Cougars and really for everyone, he, he's been able to show, you know, kind of get through the, the virus. And you know, we talked about this tough stretch that the Cougars are about to go into after this 15-day delay. And it, it'll be interesting to see how they are uh, from a physical standpoint, because, you know, Kelvin Sampson talked about it. It sounds like a good portion of the team has been affected by the coronavirus. And, you know, it's kind of a sign of, <laughs> you hate to be cliche, but, you know, it's kind of a sign of everything right now, just how, how the virus has kind of begun to spike after Thanksgiving. Yeah, you really have to question, you know, to see if they're going to have, you know, how many bodies they'll have by the time they play Temple next Tuesday. And it's just really a big question mark, you know, see how everything goes and how everyone recovers moving forward. Well, to kind of digress into basketball, a little bit more about the basketball specifics, obviously, um, you know, the Cougars were moved to, they, they didn't play, they haven't played since December 5th, but they still moved up one spot in the AP uh, poll rankings. Uh, this past Monday, they went from seventh to sixth after Illinois lost to, to Missouri. So that helped bump them up one more spot, but they're currently sitting at sixth ranked in the country before, you know, it looks like they're about to start ramping up again. Really, what has been your, what have been your takeaways from the first four games of the season for the men's team? It's been a really heck of a stretch from the Cougars. They had really good wins against Boise State, which they beat them by 10 points with a score of 68 to 58. And really the biggest one of the season, the Texas Tech game, with a score of 64 to 53. U of H, you know, really hustled this game and led as much as by 20 going into the second half. But Texas Tech started to really get physical and didn't allow a basket to the Cougars for the last 12 minutes of the game. And U of H still won by 11, you know, just by drawing fouls and making free throws. And then the big game on December 5th, the last game they played, of course, without Kelvin and Kellen Sampson, Qantas White actually had to coach that game and then like you said earlier, no Caleb Mills and Marcus Sasser who are out for ankle injuries. Really, I remember Aquinas White saying in the post game, just a big culture win, winning seventy-seven to sixty-seven. Yes, uh, you mentioned it, Justin, and that was really the word, kind of that night after that win against uh, South Carolina. And yeah, another interesting stat: the Cougars have won all four of their games by double digits, um, which. You know, it's probably kind of good showing of why they're sixth ranked in the nation. And go back to what Qantas White said, a culture win. And, you know, watching that game live, you, you can see that to, to start the game, they certainly struggled. South Carolina jumped early. And what, what stood out about that game is just the intensity. You, you never saw it kind of fade, like, when South Carolina jumped ahead, it was mostly due to Cougars' inability to score. And even you hear this phrase often with, with sports teams, with the next man up mentality. And the Cougars showed that, like they exemplified that on, against South Carolina, not just with the players on the court, but you mentioned that Qantas White had to fill in for, for the head for Kelvin Sampson. And 
not even a minute. I, I, not even, yeah, not barely a minute into the game. He was already, his jacket was gone. He, obviously, we, we, everyone of the University of Houston fans know, knows about uh, Kevin Sampson and the, the tie that always comes off. And uh, it was just interesting to see. And actually, after the game, Qantas said that, that he didn't do that on purpose. It was just from how sweaty he was. He, he had started sweating before the game had even started. Uh, but really, that win against South Carolina kind of perfectly epitomizes that next man up mentality. And obviously, when Grimes stepped up, Traymond Mark, who continues to impress, and so far he's been he's lived up to the hype. Um, and here's the interesting thing, Justin. I'm not sure if we discussed this in the last podcast, but people have begun to compare him to James Harden, which is way too early to have any type of comparison. Obviously, there are similarities in terms of, you know, <laughs> they're both lefties. But I think the, the real interesting point is how Traymond Mark said that he um, models his game after James Harden. He also models it after Paul George. And what, what he said that kind of sticks out to him in their games is just how efficient they are at getting to their spots and, and getting to the line. That's another similarity if you want to compare Mark to Harden. Um, he's just, it's so weird just to see someone be able to draw foul so effortlessly and at a college level, he does it so effortlessly and, um, uh, scores like whenever if you could just be watching a game and then and the instant you look up at the scoreboard and before you know, it, he's already in double digits. It really is exciting to see because Traymond Mark only made four baskets the whole game, but just his ability to drive inside and like you said, draw the contact. Went to the line 12 times that game and only made nine made nine free throws, along with Quentin Grimes, too. I mean, both of them really excellent at driving inside, drawing the fouls, and making timely shots. Yeah, Mark is actually averaging nine free throws a game. That just goes to show how – nine free throws past the game. It just goes to show how effortlessly he can get to the line. And you also mentioned Quentin Grimes, and he, too, got to the free throw line a bunch of times that game against South Carolina and a game earlier, it was against Boise. No, it was against Texas Tech where the Cougars went scoreless for, I think they might've gotten a good portion. It might've been like 10 minutes, the final 10 minutes plus without scoring a field goal. And, you know, after the game reporters were asking uh, Kelvin Sampson, you know, what kind of change or what, what were the challenges? And Kelvin pointed out, well, they were still scoring. It's just that the, the points were coming from the free throw line. And, you know, whenever you're covering a lot of times, people will kind of focus on, oh, well, they've gone on a, on a drought in terms of scoring a field goal. And then you point out that the, these Cougars kind of make up for it with their ability to get contact and draw the foul. And I think what makes this more impressive, how they're 4-0 to start, is they've done it relatively without their leading you know, scorer last year, which was Caleb Mills. Uh, we mentioned that he's been dealing with these ankle injuries for basically the entire season. He's played in a few games, but hasn't necessarily had the chance to make, have the impact that he had a season ago. And it just kind of goes to show how deep this University of Houston team is. And I'm excited to see how this team goes moving forward, especially when Caleb Mills and Marcus Sasser get healthy. And I'm sure they have a little bit of time these past couple of weeks with the team being off, you know, 
due to quarantine. And it's really going to be exciting and really big thing about this UH team compared to the past. They can they can hit their free throws. It went 31 of 38 from the line against South Carolina. And I think South Carolina, they only went 17 of 29. So really it was the free throws and rebounding that won the game for the Cougars. Absolutely. And real quickly before we kind of transition here, uh, Alcorn State, they just scheduled that on Tuesday. Um, a pretty interesting kind of game where, where the Cougars kind of schedule it after they had to cancel against Alabama. They've had three games canceled uh, and one postponed, which was against UCF, obviously against Sam Houston State and Rice. And then Alabama was scheduled for this coming Saturday. And to get in that game against Alcorn, Right before conference game, I think it'll be interesting to see. But I think they'll kind of use this game as a kind of field game. I kind of gauge where they are following such a long layoff, and I think it's it's certainly going to be a a bit of a test to see where the team is physically. Because from the looks of it, like I said, it seems like a good portion of the team had suffered a COVID nineteen virus, and it's going to be interesting to see how how they stack up following that 15-day layoff. Yeah, I definitely expect to see a little bit of rust on Sunday. You know, Alcorn State's 0-1, lost pretty big to UAB. I think U of H will win this one big as well. I think we'll see the first maybe four or five minutes, see the team kind of settle in from the rust, you know, being off for a couple weeks. Also curious, uh, curious to see how many guys play on Sunday. It's just going to be really something to watch. Yeah, you mentioned it. And, um, you know, just going back to what Kelvin told Fox 26, it doesn't look like they'll have a full roster. And that's something to, to pay attention to and keep your eye on. How I'm just interested to see where they are physically. Um, do they seem gas? And obviously, the Cougars aren't known for, for their full court pressing or any, any type of defense like that. But I think where it really will affect them will be on the glass. The number one, you just talked about what that win against South Carolina, how they describe that as, you know, the culture win. Well, their culture for the University of Houston revolves around rebounding, revolves around hustling. And if they have any effects of the coronavirus, it'll be tough to see. And hopefully they don't suffer anything that might hinder them going forward. Yeah, rebounding and defense and also that's their bread and butter and for every game and pretty much their key to win games. It's just really going to be interesting to see and see if there's going to be any fatigue. Coming right up, we're going to dive right into the women's basketball team as they've had their 3-1 and start to the season and have also had their schedule affected by the coronavirus pandemic. Stay tuned as we return to Pause Climate Jamma presented by Fred City Control Room, your home for Houston Hoops. And we are back for the second half of Pod Slamma Jamma, presented by Clutch City Control. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop a review or leave us some stars. And Justin, getting right back into it with the women's basketball team for the University of Houston. Like we mentioned, entering this segment, they are 3-1 and one after they had their, what was going to be their conference opener, which was actually going to be tonight on Wednesday. Uh, should have tipped off about 7 or would have been seven minutes away from tip had it not been uh, postponed 
Um, but the University of Houston women's basketball team is also dealing with their coronavirus issue. Um, and this broke just earlier this week where they had one, a player test positive. Reading off the their press release, they said a player test positive and that forced them to have to do all those contact tracing protocols. They are currently scheduled for, they have a game scheduled for this Saturday, the 19th against South Florida. Number 23 ranks South Florida, and that game is probably uh, up in the air right now too. So they're about to start their conference portion of the schedule uh, once they do get back. And similar to the men's team, they have three games scheduled as of now before the end of the year. Like I mentioned, South Florida and, and then Memphis right after that Tuesday. So if they can't go, you might see most per, more more postponements. But so when we dive right into the women's basketball team, one player that has stood out early in the season has been Maya Crump, who had her best game of the season, their last game against Stephen at Austin. She had 16 points, which was her season high, and she made four three-point field goals. She actually got named into the American Athletic Conference on roll for, for last week. And really what makes that, that performance against Stephen, Stephen F. Austin more impressive was just how she was battling a nagging injury. She had rolled her ankle on a fast break earlier in the game and it bothered her the entire game. And really she hit a couple of, she had 10 points at the end of the first quarter, kind of took a low in the middle of the game but in the fourth quarter she started scoring again and she hit this one contested three where the time was running out and um, this lady uh, lady jack defender had played it perfect and she rose up it kind of reminded me it was kind of a kobe-esque shot where she shot it over the outstretched arms of the defender and hit bottom of the net and that kind of fueled uh's win and you know something more to add on to that win against Stephen F. Austin. That was kind of a grinded out win as well. And a big game where Stephen F. Austin was entering the game on a five-game winning streak. They were 5-1 and one heading into this game. And it's good to see that U of H is learning to pull out those close games. Um, the previous two wins they had where they beat Oklahoma and Auburn were double-digit uh, double wins. And obviously last season, that was kind of a bit of a struggle for the women's team to close out those close games. Yeah, just a pretty, really big game for Coach Huey and company, grinding out that two-point win over Stephen F. Austin and then really preparing themselves for the big game against South Florida and then three days after that against Memphis. And really another big news for uh, the UH women's team, they got picked up by the Jordan brand, so now both the men's and women's teams are now going to be wearing Jordan brand jerseys and shoes now. Yeah, that's an interesting uh... Muse, they're only one of eight teams in the entire country of, of women's basketball programs that have been sponsored by Jordan. Obviously, the men's basketball team, you always see they, they should have posted their, uh, their sponsorship. Have you seen those videos that the men's basketball uh, post on their account? Sometimes their shoes and all the stuff that they have. So it's going to be nice to see uh, the women's basketball team kind of rock that gear too. And really it's kind of an interesting thing to it comes now at a point where it seems like the women's basketball team might be in heading into a, where they could turn the corner and it's still way too early to say definitively, but on that three and one start was actually their best start in 10 years since the 2010 11 season for, for the Cougars. And like I said, that win against Stephen F. Austin was kind of a, a it's a certainly a positive sign. And 
closing out a close game. And Ron Hughes kind of mentioned it. He mentioned it all offseason. He called this season the redemption year, not without UConn either. Um, they're certainly be looking to make noise in the American Athletic Conference. And, uh, it's kind of, they're going to have an early test if they have to postpone. Well, they postponed against Cincinnati, but if they have to jump into the, the Bulls, USF Bulls right into the start conference play, it's going to be a good test right early to kind of gauge where they are against what appears to be uh, the best team in the American Conference as of now. Obviously, they're ranked 23rd in the nation, but they were one of the favorites to win this conference heading into the preseason rankings. Yeah, they pull off a win against the Bulls and then go into Memphis on the 22nd and win there. I might have to change my preseason prediction from U of H finishing fourth place in the American to maybe, you know, maybe second or kind of getting close right there at the top because so far they look pretty good. And like you said, the conference play is going to be a really tough battle for U of H and we'll see how they do. Yeah, and I'm, I'm interested to see, and hopefully they don't have any more uh, issues with the coronavirus and it's just an isolated incident. Um, but, you know, another player that's been very impressive to start the season has been uh, Richard sophomore, Brittany. I'm always going to butcher, butcher these last names, but it's Brittany Onieje or Onieje. I, I, need to, I need to start taking a phonics lesson to see how they say their last name. But Brittany O, I'm going to call her Brittany O, um, has been one of the uh, standout players for the Cougars earlier on in the season. And you know, we talked about Maya Crump, uh, Maya Crump against Stephen F. Austin, but Brittany has had a strong performance for, for the first two games. She, she led the team in points against Oklahoma and against Alabama. But uh, another player that has been good has been Diamond Gladney, who obviously she's returning from a season ago. And, one of the things that Diamond kind of said heading into this season, how excited she was that of the team's depth. And you look at them and they are deep. Um, you could compare them to the men's basketball team a little bit where they have so much talent in the backcourt. And obviously in their frontcourt too, they have one of the tallest players in the American Athletic Conference. And of course, it always helps to have that senior leadership in Julia Blackshell Fair. And then you got the newcomer, Layla Blair, coming in to produce a little bit and really just similar to the men's team, you know, talent from up the bottom. And, you know, some players have been, you know, a little bit up and down these four games. Layla Blair still trying to settle in, but Maya Crump had her big game against CNF Austin and Gladney's just been great so far to the start of the season. And, uh, and Brittany O. Well, when you break their season down so far, I think, uh, the main thing that stands out to me outside of uh, the, the closeout wins is kind of the culture that you see. <laughs> I go back to culture from the men's side, but with the women's team, when you, when you see them and you see Ron Huey on the sidelines, um, he certainly, it looks like from an outside perspective that he has that team motivated and it's going to be difficult to compare. I'm pretty sure other teams in the American Athletic Conference are motivated to kind of aim for that number one spot now that UConn is no longer there. And, and like I said, that's why I'm, I'm excited to see how they do against these teams in the conference. And, and if they do start getting a chance to play against South Florida, that's going to be a perfect test just to see where they stack up against the best in the American Athletic Conference. 
Yeah, and last year, U of H really struggled in conference play last year, and I'm just really excited to see, you know, how they bounce back this year and really make some noise in the American. Justin, you, you mentioned how they struggled in conference play a season ago. They were 5-11, and 11, which, you know, if we're talking football, that's not a good record. Obviously, it's not a good record in basketball either, but, you know, now they don't have to deal with UConn. So those two losses, who knows what they turn into for, for this coming season. Obviously, everyone's going to have that round-robin turn of uh, conference play, so they're going to have 20 conference games this season. And it'll be interesting. I, I keep, I, I sound like a broken record how I keep saying how it'll be interesting, but I think the way to, to see how this team develops is certainly going to, it's something you have to keep an eye on. And really this without, uh, you know, Layla Blair having a standout game yet. And obviously heading into the season, uh, head coach Ron Huey gave her a whole lot of praise in terms of what the potential she has to be uh, when it comes to scoring and, you know, early on, from what I've seen from her, uh, I think it's still taking her a little bit of time to adjust to the game. Um, so w once she has a couple of more games under her belt, she'll probably be another weapon for the Cougars. And this is the reason why why I keep sounding like a broken record. But this is going to be a team that keep your eye on. And it, as of now, it looks like Saturday against South Florida is going to be the first conference test, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Layla Blair had a great first game with 11 points against Oklahoma up his last few games. Looks like she's still trying to settle in into the college game, really just scoring in single digits and having some trouble making some shots on the floor as well. But I'll definitely think she'll improve, you know, once the season goes on and get adjusted to the college game. Real quickly, Justin, as we head into the final minutes for the podcast, who would you say is the player? We, we kind of mentioned it, or I mentioned it here in the women's, for the women's side, that Brittany O was kind of, and Meyer Crump have been two players that have stood out. Uh, what about on the men's side? What are the two players that stand out to you early on in the season? It's definitely been Quentin Grimes and the freshman Tremont Mark. They've been scoring and getting to the line and playing good defense. And also, I want to give a shout out to Justin Gorham, too kind of filling out that Fabian White role. He's been really good on the glass, along with Bryson Gresham. But really, yeah, my top two is Tremont Mark and Quentin Grimes and just how comfortable Tremont has been, you know, being a true freshman, just coming in and stepping in right away. Oh, absolutely. I think it's interesting you bring up Justin Gorham and Calvin Sanson's talked about it a little bit uh, throughout the season. And he's talked about how he is, He's done a good job filling in his role. He hasn't tried to do too much. Um, he played really well against Texas Tech um, in that game in, in Fort Worth where he, he drew a couple of charges. He, he hit a three. He got seven rebounds, and you know, he's kind of been the handyman, and he hasn't tried to do more. And, you know, I remember uh, one of the players said it best, and I, I can't remember who exactly it was. No, it was Jaywan Roberts. Justin Gorham hasn't tried to, to do too much, and he's kind of – Kelvin Sasson talked about it where he needs all his players to be off-conference in their roles. And Jaywan Roberts talked about it early in the season where he doesn't have to worry about scoring and getting up all those points because, you know, they have Quentin Grimes, Sasser, and, and Tremont Mark for that. So this team, the men's side, 
they seem like a well-oiled machine when to go with that cliche, but um, you know, everyone seems bought in, and now yeah, I'm a I'm a sound like a homer here for both teams, but I think both teams have a, a high ceiling for what their potential could be for the season. Uh, I think obviously the men's side is aimed at a at a national championship. Um, while the women's side might be a, a little bit more closer towards, you know, winning the American Athletic Conference and, and going from there. But I think in terms of both teams' aspirations from what their goals were a season ago, I think not only do they have a chance to reach their goal, but I think they both have a chance to, to certainly turn some heads on the way there. Obviously, with the men's side, they're sixth ranked in the country, so they're getting their nose, they're getting their uh, national attention. But still, whenever, hopefully, once March rolls around, and if the season is able to make it until March, uh, they're not going to be a heavy favorite in terms of the national audience. So it's going to be interesting to see from here until March how both of these teams can develop as the season progresses. Yeah, it really all depends on health and whatever happens with COVID around. Make sure everyone stays healthy and distance. And and I agree, you know, once both these teams can get, you know, into the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament, the men's team, I think this team's bound for a deep run. If they can stay healthy and, you know, no more issue with, issues with COVID, which is, you know, a big question mark going into March, I mean, this team can really run the table try to make the final four and for a women's team, I think they're going to make some noise in the conference and hopefully try to win the conference championship and, you know, maybe finish around second or third or, and hopefully maybe make their first tournament appearance in a while. That's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you appreciate the consistent digital and podcast breakdowns, analysts, speculations, guest voices, and camaraderie of our team, please consider clicking the link in the description below to check one of our monthly Patreon subscription options. Real quickly, Justin, before we log off, U uh, of H men's against Alcorn State over under 25 and a half. You take the over or the under? What are we taking? I'm going to take the over. Uh, I think U of H will probably win at least by 30. Justin takes the over after the men's basketball team is sidelined 15 days. So we will see. Well, maybe maybe we'll start our own uh, bad beach segment. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that'll, that'll do it for us. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back for our next episode of Pod Slamajama covering your University of Houston Cougars.